Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Many are questioning the politicization of our nation's justice system after former President Donald Trump was indicted on 34 felony counts. And now the New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg is battling it out in the courts with the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. That is Congressman Jim Jordan. And joining us now to discuss this and so much more is Trump attorney and also a great constitutional lawyer, Jesse Benal. Jesse, great to have you here on the podcast. Rita, thank you for having me. You know, I want to get your reaction first off to the 34 felony counts. What's your reaction just overall that this has happened? Oh, I mean, it's it's a classic example of overcharging just for any case when you see this. But And in this particular case, the most extraordinary thing is that they're obviously trying to use the number 34, that 34 counts, to try to pound on their chest a little bit, um, despite the fact that there's no legal basis for any of those counts. And in addition, there's no factual basis for any of them. So there's an old saying in the law that if you have the, the facts on your side, argue the facts. If you have the law on your side, argue the law. And if neither are, are on your side, you know, yell, scream, and jump up and down. And this is a classic example of Alvin Bragg yelling and screaming and jumping up and down. The basis for him uh, putting these, uh, trying to tie them to campaign finance violations is really, truly laughable. Um, You know, there's sitting federal election commissioners who have explained how this was not a campaign finance violation at all. And the federal election commission are are the ones who actually do enforce campaign finance laws. And on top of that, factually, the fact that they're, you know, basing their entire case on the words of a liar and perjurer. Uh, Michael Cohen. Um, uh, again, it's just just truly, truly laughable. Were you surprised that it got to 34 counts, that it was so many counts that they put in there, even it looks like repeated, of course, from each time, but the fact that they stacked it so high? I mean, they might as well have done 340 counts. You know, it's using copy and paste is not that difficult. And that is essentially uh, what they have done here. This isn't 34 substantive different allegations. It was just very much, I mean, I think for any lawyer, we know exactly what he was doing. He's uh, trying to make his case seem bigger than it is. And so uh, that wasn't surprising. It's just truly, truly sad for uh, the American justice system. You bring up the point also, we don't know what sort of that second count is to bump it up to a felony. And it was interesting, Jesse Bunnell, because when Alvin Bragg was out there during the press conference, you know, he was asked by reporters um, from, I think, all different political leanings. Well, what is this other charge? And he kind of threw out this one and threw out that one. Were you surprised when you're dealing with the president of the United States and then you had a DA who was very vague, very ambiguous? It was really surprising. Yeah, it kind of harkens back to um, the uh, the very reason why the founders decided to break away from Great Britain. And that the history here is rather striking because this is the kind of stuff that dictators always do. Um, they try to, first of all, they make up pretend defenses. That's what the founders called them, pretend defenses. It's actually in the Declaration of Independence. Um, and then 
they take and there'll be some sort of hidden trial or they and, and they won't tell you exactly what you're what you're charged with. You know, the, it, once upon a time, it was done by uh, the, the British against Americans. You know, the more recently, it's been dictators like uh, uh, Soviet thugs and and, and China and, and places like this. So you cannot in a free society just tell people uh, the vague in vague ways that we're going to charge you with a crime without even telling them what the legal basis the legal theory of that is. Um, so it, it really is just really very vile. You know, one of the things, too, we even heard from the former president. He came out recently in an interview and he said, yeah, it's like Soviet style, sort of what you were referring to. Yeah. It's like the famous line, show me the man and I'll kind of show you the crime. That's not the way our justice Stalin. is supposed to work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's exactly what they've done here. And, you know, if you want to see how squeaky clean Donald Trump is. Look at the fact that, um, you know, the average American, there's a book written on this. The average American probably commits about three felonies a day. Um, and uh, there's really funny examples of felonies that are out there. They've been going after this guy for seven years straight now, really almost eight now, um, that they have been going after Donald Trump from the, from the moment he, you know, came down the escalator at Trump Towers. They've been able, they've been trying to go after him. And this is what they come up with? This joke, it's crazy. But it, when you have prosecutors that um, hate him as much as they do, uh, you know, these left wing Soros uh, prosecutors that hate Donald Trump as, as much as they do, and they do so much to try to find and invent a crime, and this is the best they can come up with, um, just shows you, shows you how clean he is. Were you surprised, too, because even uh, liberal commentators, I was noticing on many different medias, there was a comment, I think it was on CNN, where they said the indictment is, quote, underwhelming when they saw it. I think they thought, OK, well, Alvin Bragg's going to come out. We've heard, you know, some of the leaks, obviously a lot of leaks there. But I think they thought, well, maybe there's going to be more to it when it's actually pen to paper. And they actually thought it was less. Does that also obviously bolster just what you're saying, that it's so obvious that it seems like all sides of the aisle, many people are at least saying it's thin. It's a stretch. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I do think you've got some honest people on the left that see the danger here. The once you start prosecuting your uh, your political opponents to try to achieve your political aims through the criminal justice system, that's extremely dangerous. And so, you know, saying it's underwhelming is about the nicest thing I've I've heard anybody say about it. You know, at least anybody with any intellectual consistency. So, yeah, you know, you, you have. These Soros prosecutors, and, and I think I've mentioned this, you know, maybe to you before, that there, you have these Soros prosecutors that are only interested in using their jobs to pursue politics. And so you have Republican district attorneys and prosecutors that want to prosecute crime, and then the Democrats want to prosecute Republicans. And that's not something that you can have in a free society. Yeah, talk about the impact, because you're a great constitutional attorney, Jesse Benal, and know the history here. You're right. It sort of creates where have we opened Pandora's box now, where it's fair game on all sides. Yeah, that's exactly right. And what they're banking on is that Republicans won't respond in kind. They think that the Democrats and the left and Soros uh, have shown that they can go out and, you know, run amok, whether it's these political prosecutions, whether it's the, the yeah, you know, the unselect committee is as the president has said of the of January 6th committee, and that Republicans won't do anything to set the, the record straight. They, they pretend to be above it all. 
And, you know, Ronald Reagan at one point actually said that we have to beware the temptation of, of pride, um, a temptation of just saying that, that we're above it all and realize that, you know, he's talking about the Soviet Union, that there's an evil empire. Well, now the evil empire is on our shores, and it's these, these left-wing extremists. And we have to realize that we have to go toe-to-toe with them, and we cannot unilaterally disarm. Again, something else that um, not only President Trump, but President Reagan taught us. We cannot unilaterally disarm. And that's why it's actually so important that Jim Jordan is doing what he's doing with his committee right now to try to have some accountability for these these extremists. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of questions on Jim Jordan. I want to ask you also about the fact that Alvin Bragg came out and said during the campaign, my priority is to get President Trump. Doesn't that also give grounds to get him, you know, get a different prosecutor? I mean, that was stunning or get the case removed, thrown out? Yeah, no, there's. I mean, there's any number of reasons why this case should be thrown out. Uh, the, this is a prime example of why there should be a motion uh, motion to dismiss. And I'm looking forward to reading motion to dismiss. I think that the trial team that's working on this is going to put together, you know, a, a motion to dismiss for the ages. I'm, I'm confident in that. But also the fact that, you know, Alvin Bragg, by campaigning and prosecuting someone, that's just disgusting, has certainly set himself up for persecution, at least, and motion dismissed for uh, selective prosecution, which are, is usually extremely, extremely difficult. Um, but of all the motions that are out there, I think that this is one of the only cases I can think of where a fair judge, to the extent we can get a fair judge, which, again, those are becoming harder and harder to find right now. But if we can get a fair judge, then this case would be dismissed for you know probably 50 different reasons, including selective prosecution. Have you ever heard of a district attorney basically saying, my priority is to go get somebody, let alone the former president of the United States, especially who is the district attorney of Manhattan, where there is so much crime? I can think of a lot of other things that I would say when I was campaigning as the priority, Jesse Benal. Yeah, yeah no, I've, I've heard of it. I just haven't heard of it in America. And, uh, you know, that's the, the real dangerous and, and scary thing is you have this guy that's out there letting criminals go free, you know, not prosecuting people for armed robbery or rape or, you know, all these other different crimes that he is just letting people go free on and instead turning it to these political prosecutions and especially the political prosecution of the former president of the United States. What about also change of venue? Um, we've heard from uh, obviously legendary um, attorney Alan Dershowitz, Professor Alan Dershowitz, Harvard professor yeah. emeritus. And he said uh, that he thinks it's going to be hard for Trump to get a fair trial if it's in New York, just because it is so overwhelmingly democratic. What are your thoughts? Could he get a fair trial in New York, you think? Oh, I, I think on this, I, I have to slightly disagree with uh, President Dershowitz. It's not going to be hard for him to get a fair trial. It's going to be impossible for him to get a fair trial. Yeah, there are that is just uh, simply not going to happen. The fact that they were able to find a grand jury to indict this, I mean, I understand that grand juries won't die the ham sandwich, but I mean, this is just, it, it's embarrassing. The, the the grand jurors that voted for that should be should be embarrassed. Certainly Alvin Bragg should be embarrassed himself, but the, the very idea that you can get 12 people in Manhattan to give Donald Trump a fair trial? No, it's just never going to happen. You know, best case scenario is that you get, you get 12 people that are going to lie about being fair. That's just uh, very unfortunate that that's where we are. But it shows us why it is so important for this case to for venue to be um, transferred in this case, Uh, because the American people need to know from our justice system that these judges are not just political actors, that they're actually, you know, interested in blind justice. You know, what we have with 
um, you know, Lady Justice with her with her scales of blindly weighing the evidence. And right now, you know, I'm talking to people that aren't lawyers who just uh, have have absolutely no faith that conservatives in this country um, can receive a fair shake from the American justice system. And that is really terrifying. And uh, so this is an example of where the judiciary could step up and could actually handle this in a objective, fair manner. And that's going to include transferring venue. And uh, we'll see what comes of it. Where would you suggest? I mean, I've heard some people say maybe Staten Island, which is a more conservative borough of New York, or people have even said like upstate New York. Where where would you see it? Yeah, uh, I think that the trial team is is going to probably look at those options. I think you know, everybody talks about Staten Island and the fact that it's still downstate probably has some uh, some appeal. But going upstate would be, I think, another good, fair way to, to look at doing that. There are a number of, of options where I, I think it would be more likely that a fair trial can happen. Um, but, you know, then the question is going to be, even in, in a case like that, uh, does the judge remain fair? And uh, whichever judge approves this, not stacking the deck against President Trump for purely political purposes. And obviously, there have been reports about, um, you know, Bragg. Obviously, we know um, some of the money came from uh, the Soros team into a, a big group yep. that obviously uh, supported Alvin Bragg, as as Soros has supported many DAs across this country, many of the progressive ones, the soft on crime ones, it seems. There's a trend, clearly. But also, there have been reports that the judge also maybe some money. How much of those, yes. um, you know, not from Soros, but just, you know, contributing to Democratic causes or whatever, how much are those fair play to maybe get a, a recusal of one or both? Oh, it's absolutely fair play. It's not just impartiality, but the appearance of impartiality that is uh, important. And for this judge to say, yes, I donated to your political opponent, but I'm going to give you a fair shot is, is again, it's just humorous if it wasn't so shocking. Um, he should have never been on this case. He shouldn't have been on the other Trump cases that he's on. He should, you know, really hang his his head in shame that he puts on a black robe while uh, saying that he uh, is engaged in, in impartial justice when he donated to, to Joe Biden and still thinks it's appropriate for him to be the judge and, you know, the people versus Donald Trump. Yeah, that certainly begs a lot of questions. And given the fact that you're dealing with the former president of the United States, somebody who is clearly the front runner on the GOP side now for president and could be the next president again, um, it's even more important. I mean, it's important for the average American, but especially on something history is going to be viewing this, Jesse Bunnell. I think it's even more important, don't you? Yeah, I think it's extremely important. And it's, um, you know, because what it I think appears to for most Americans is exactly what it is, is that. You know, Donald Trump is the one that is truly on the people's side. He's truly on on the side of Americans. And these elitist and left-wing extremists, they know that Americans badly, badly want him back in the presidency. And so rather than making their case at the ballot box, they want to try to take President Trump out of the out of the mix and, and try to use their their position in the criminal justice system to interfere in the 2024 presidential election. Um, just vile. 
which is not the reason uh, you bring in the justice system. My goodness. You know, before I let you go, Jesse Manel, I want to also ask you your thoughts about uh, the whole thing with Alvin Bragg and Jim Jordan. There's sort of a slew of subpoenas going back and forth. Um, We know that, of course, Jim Jordan wants to have Pomerantz, Mark Pomerantz, who used to work in the DA's office there in New York and then wrote a book. And in the book, uh, he was kind of critical, obviously, of the DA's office saying, why haven't there been charges against President Trump? This is before, obviously, the charges has happened. How significant do you think it is, um, Mark Pomerantz, to testify? Do you think that ultimately he will testify? And what do you make of the fact that Alvin Bragg says that it's Jim Jordan who's doing the interference in this part? That is um, what Chairman Jordan is doing here is extremely important. You know, this uh, subpoena to to Bragg, to Pomerantz, um, critically important for restoring some semblance of justice in this country. And Bragg arrogance, just absolute arrogance that he thinks he is above the law and he does not have to give testimony, give information to Congress, even though he takes federal money, is disgusting. It is, and and without basis in law, Congress has the power to appropriate and Congress has appropriated money to Alvin Bragg's office. That obviously should stop. Any Republican that votes for any bill that funds right now the New York District District Attorney's Office is not a Republican. It's a rhino at best. That needs to be a watershed issue. And that is something where, where these, these hearings are very appropriate. And the other reason these hearings are so important is because Congress must pass laws that make it even more clear than it already is that you cannot, absolutely cannot, use your prosecutorial power to go after your political opponents. And if you do, you have violated a federal offense. It's already a federal offense. It just needs to be made a more serious federal offense. And you need to go to prison for decades, which is exactly where Alvin Bragg belongs. And so I'm optimistic with uh, Chairman Jordan and, and the direction he's going. What Alvin Bragg is banking on right now is hoping that he can get lefty judges uh, to say he doesn't have to appear. And then even if that doesn't work, knowing that Merrick Garland's never going to prosecute him for contempt the way that Merrick Garland uh, you know, prosecuted Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro and others. But they're not going to be uh, – Merrick Garland's not going to be the attorney general forever. And so hopefully when we get another – fair attorney general, then um, we can prosecute Alvin Bragg if he refuses, if if he violates the law, if he refuses to show up and give evidence to to Congress, um, then a fair prosecutor would prosecute him at least for contempt and very possibly um, now for obstruction of Congress, which is a much more serious crime. Well, everybody, be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast. Jesse Banal, thank you uh, for your incredible insight and for all you do to protect the integrity of our justice system. It's really great to have you here. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thank you, Rita. I love coming on. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America. the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, 
or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.